According to a McKinsey study, there are more women in entry-level retail jobs than in any other industry. However, as their careers in retail continue, only 30% of these women make it to senior-level leadership positions. And, of those, only 13% make it to the C-suite, fewer than in any other industry. This is the Women's Retail Collective podcast, produced in partnership between Third House and the Network for Executive Women, where we pull together retail's most influential women to talk about their careers, how they made it to senior leadership and C-suite positions, and how they lead their organizations through the rapidly evolving retail industry. Today, we welcome SHIP CEO, Kelly Caruso. get started. Kelly, welcome to the show and thanks for being with us Thanks today. for having me. I'm excited to be here. Good. Well, let's start at the beginning. I, I could give a big bio about you. There's lots of accolades in your past, but um, tell me about you. Where, where did you grow up and um, tell me about your first job in retail? Yes, too. yes. So I have a hard time saying where home is because we moved about 17 times when I was Whoa. growing up. My dad, when I was young, my dad was in the military, so okay. we had some um, southern homes in, in um, North Carolina, Georgia, and Florida. Okay. And then when I was older, my dad worked for the re- retail uh, for the railroad on the operation side of it, so oh. that required you to move around quite a bit. And I have um, a brother and a sister, and we were all pretty close in age. But I was the least set up mentally to make these types of moves. And it was hard on me as a deep introvert and somebody that just had a hard time putting myself outside my comfort zone. Um, So growing up, I swore I was going to figure out a career where I did not have to move. (laughs) Um, We'll talk about that. But my first job wasn't necessarily in retail per se, but it was at McDonald's. And so... I applied when I was 16, um, excited about a new job, and had anticipated I'd be working at the front of the counter where all the other girls worked. Right. Where they put me on was the fry, the grill in the back. And so I was was thrown by that. I was working with all the teenage boys in the area I did not want to do. It was gross. It was hard work. It was hot and greasy. But as I thought about it... um, it gave me a skill set that others wouldn't have, and it was my first taste of two things, of being outside your comfort zone in a job you didn't anticipate was yeah. the job you were going to get, sure. and being a female working with a bunch of males, and, yeah. and what that looked like and felt like at the time. So it was a good training ground. And where was this? Where were you at that time? Fargo, North Dakota. Okay, so you're running the fryer, McDonald's Fargo, North Dakota. Yes, I'm and... living the dream. <laughs> hey, I mean, it sounds like maybe one of the hardest jobs <laughs> I can imagine. We're in Florida right now, and I think about all that heat and then the summers in Fargo and being in front of a fryer. Yes. My goodness. So then where did you go? What happened after that? So um, we moved right before my senior year of high school and from um, Fargo to Great Falls. And so um, graduated from high school there, came back to North Dakota to go to college. And my first job out of college was for Yonkers Department Store in um, Des Moines, Iowa. And Here's one of the moments when you talk about having a network. I was really lucky. My college roommate 
ended up getting the same job. We were in the executive program at Yonkers. We were both assistant buyers. And she today is Jill Sando, who is an SVP at Target. And so throughout our career, we were lucky enough to be working in the same industry and for much of the time at the same company. And so she has played a critical role in my support system. What's that like having your college roommate kind of be alongside you as I mean you both are on these incredible career trajectories what's that been like for you it's been um it's been awesome frankly she is somebody we are moms we've got two boys who are similar in age um our husbands are so dear to us and critical to our success in the way that they support us in 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 our home life and in our careers and she understands she understands my life in a yeah. way that not everybody can and so it's just because there are so many um commonalities with Jill she's a safe harbor in a place when yeah. when things are tough to just get a perspective that she understands where it's coming from but she is a very different leader than i am so um she's a truth teller for me and i and i trust her judgment that's that's got to be incredible having somebody like that alongside you what what is life like now? I mean, you're the CEO of Shift. You're one of, you know, we talked earlier, you're one of these 13%. I mean, how, what was life like before and now? Yes. So um, it, there's a lot to it, I would say. <laughs> I Having um, earlier this year when, when the job opportunity was, was presented as, hey, would you like to go be the CEO of Shift? My immediate answer was, yes, absolutely. (laughs) And my next question was, is the job in Birmingham? Because that's where the company (laughs) is founded. And as the answer was, yes, the job's in Birmingham, Alabama. That that needed further discussion back home. And so I would say this. The personal journey of um, talk, working with my husband, my I've got two boys. My oldest just graduated from high school. My youngest will be a junior in high school. And okay. so Hogan had to be absolutely part of the conversation. And as many women know, it's there's a lot to ask of your kids and your spouse to leave their homes, leave their schools, leave jobs that yeah. they're in to make a move to support. Um, one spouse's career, and I don't take that lightly. I'm I'm yeah. forever grateful for that. And there's learning along the way that that goes with that. It, for as much as you're comfortable sharing, how how do you approach that conversation and with your family? I mean, the, your family has got to be inc- incredibly proud of you. And but you're right. Like on one hand, it's it's changing the family dynamic. But how how did you approach that? You know, as a partnership and with um, open to hearing yeah. whatever was on their mind. And so I would say I, it starts with we are a globally curious family. We had spent time um, in Hong Kong and in, in previous roles that allowed us to travel internationally. And my husband's from Italy. So I think there's a base of, uh, um, as a family, we enjoy learning about new cultures. Right. And while we've been to Asia, to India, to Europe, we've never been to Nashville. <laughs> and so there was, which is very close to Birmingham, we've never spent time in the South. And so that was, we knew was gonna feel like a 180 degree different culture than what we had been used to. Yeah. And we embraced that. Yeah. Um, 
my youngest is much more risk, much more of a risk taker than my oldest. And so, okay. you know, I knew, I guess, and, and I'm sure many spouses and, and families and parents and women know this, you know, when is it a good time to pose it to the family right. and when it's not going to go over so right. well. And, um, opportunity aligned with timing for the family and then both two worked out well for sure, us. Sure, sure. And so you've been enrolled now for about four months. Four months. Yes. And and what's what's a day in the life of Kelly? Um, there is no similar to retail, there is no typical sure. day. I would say I am leading a company that is much smaller than Target. So it is a scrappy startup mentality. The yeah. culture is phenomenal where it is a people first culture where the whole ethos of the the brand and the idea is how do we make a member's day great by giving them back time in their day and, yeah. and that um, people centricity is true in the workplace too um, I felt like tar I felt like my my old employer target had a, a young culture mm -hmm. Shipped. I am positively ancient. <laughs> it is oh not only working with um, millennials, but really starting to see Gen Z and what does it look like to to manage Gen Z, and it's not the same. And yeah. and that has been very eye opening to me. Um, we have offices in Birmingham and San Francisco, and so managing two offices that exist in in cities and states that are incredibly. Um, diverse and come with different um, perspectives and points of view is is a learning opportunity for me. Um, the tech business, being running a platform business when my whole career has been built in a pipeline business, yeah. is great a great learning opportunity for me. What I bring to the table is my years of retail and and consumer. Um, experience, but now pairing it up with um, platform and technology, which I'm less experienced at, but relying heavily on the team, and the team has been great teachers for me. That's fantastic, and and your experience, I think, being a, a working mom who probably would have loved to have shipped for a long yes. time. Yes, yes, it was. I can to this day remember my first experience with shipped, and it was life changing. What was it? So it was in Minnesota. We it was a February. We had just bought Target. Had just announced uh, the acquisition of Ship back in December. I love to cook, and I'm a meal planner. So my Saturdays tend to be. They start off with me at Target, doing part my job, doing a, you know, how's the store looking, but also getting the groceries and the essentials for the week. Right. And it was a blizzard that weekend and there was a lot to do. Yeah. And I was dreading loading myself into the car. It was cold out and, and going and spending the two hours slogging it through the Target aisles and for that particularly Saturday. And so that felt like the right day to try shipped. Yeah. And place the order at seven by nine AM. Everything for the week is there. And instead of spending two hours at Target, I spent two hours making brunch for Giuseppe and the boys. And we had an amazing Saturday brunch yeah. that was not the norm for us. And it just created a moment with the family and, and a much better weekend. And yeah. so giving everybody that experience, that's when I just became evangelical about the power of ships. Right. How does, how does your, your experience with, you know, that particular time using shipped and then as you've been kind of immersing yourself in the company, how does that shape how you think about 
where shift is going and, and what you want to do there. Yes. Yeah. So I think there's a couple of things we are, I shift is a young company that's got an amazing brand and a great idea, but we're at a point where we need to pivot to an ongoing business with a durable business model. And that means really thinking deeply about a three to five year strategic plan okay. about putting some policy and process and frameworks in place to help us activate against that plan. Um, and so I think the opportunity is great, but we have to get aggressive and really go after it. While I love Shipped and I use it weekly, a couple of times a week, yeah. that doesn't necessarily mean I'm the core Shipped member. We need much deeper insights into who is our member, into who is our shopper, and how can we best help our retail partners with their... Um, last mile delivery, which is an inexpensive proposition. Right. Those three things need to come together to really form um, the backbone and, and to inform that, that three to five year strategy. And we have to, none of that matters if I'm not preserving the culture and creating an environment that people want to be a part of, one that is diverse, inclusive, where, where the team members feel they can absolutely bring their authentic selves to work each and every day. Um, so that's, that's what I'm focused on. And those are the things that are really important to me as a, as a leader. Yeah. And tell me you spent time yourself as a ship shopper. Yes, I did. It's a hard thing to say. Ship shopper. Um, tell, tell us about that. What was it like and how did you, what did you learn from that that helps you kind of continue to create that culture? Yes. I believe strongly in under in immersing yourself in the key stakeholders of the business so that you can develop empathy and really understand and show your willingness to get in there and do the same job you're asking them to do. So it was incredibly eye-opening for a couple of, of aspects. The shoppers are passionate about bringing the magic to their members each and every um, delivery. And they are all about ensuring that they develop good relationships with the members, that they are getting that grocery shop just exactly right, that they have an understanding of what's, you know, what's going on around the member and, and contributing to their lives these days. And so their commitment and passion to providing great experience for the member, I had heard about it. Yeah. I had experienced it on one side, but to experience it through the eyes of the shopper was just um, so inspiring. I would say the technology that we deliver to our shoppers to help engage with the members is um, great, amazing technology. And so kudos to our tech team and our product teams for everything that they do. But when you pair that with our business model of, of um, how we incent the shopper to really be on their best and bring their A game and give them the time necessary to truly curate the best banana, the right. best avocado, right. the best package of chicken breast that's necessary for that trip. Yeah. All of those things combined is what creates the magic of shipped and why you would choose shipped other all over all the other delivery options that right. are out there. Right. That's fascinating. How do you think about what the future of not just shipped but retail in general, where, where do you see things going and how do you use that as kind of a, a guide for the three to five year plan that your strategic plan that you're trying to put forward with shipped? Yeah. So I think, you know, um, the, the convergence of retail, of technology, of last mile supply chain, there are so many exciting things going on in those three areas and they're coming together. And 
Um, if you're somebody that wants to solve really big, hairy problems, then you're in the right space <laughs> if, you're in, if you're in that space. And, and um, I'm excited to be able to attract great talent yeah. to help solve the, the, the tough problems. But to be able to, to attract that talent, it starts with a couple of things. It starts with the culture. Mm -hmm. And again, um, I'm focused on creating cultures where people want to come to shift because they know that it is diverse and inclusive, that they can just bring themselves to, to work where, um, we understand the different points of a career and that we're creating experiences to help develop their skill set, to give them the career that they want. Um, for me personally, my career has been built because there were moments along the way where I needed to lean out or I had other things going on outside of my life. And I had a support system, both at my employer with my sponsors and at home that mm -hmm. allowed me to continue to have a career and take care of the things that pop up in life, right. having children, going through a health crisis, dealing with aging parents, all of those happen mm -hmm. to all of us at some point during our career. And I want to ensure that as the CEO, that I take my job responsibly as far as not just developing the three to five year strategy, but also creating the right culture and environment so that people can come to shift and, and do work that they find meaningful in an environment that they feel comfortable, safe, valued, respected in. And those things don't change as, as retail changes. The technology no. might change, but I think at their core, those are values that, that won't. Um, and, and it sounds like that's kind of been your mission as CEO is to try to be, have a strong foundation there and, and then help use that to prepare you for the future, <laughs> what the future of retail, whatever this might be, um, that's, that's on its way right now. Yes. And I would hope that those values are really values that transcend industry. Yeah. No matter what, what, where you work or, or what you're doing as leaders, how do we create those types of environments? And I think those environments are the perfect ones for the best business work to come forward from. So you've had a, a lot of experience, Kelly. What, what would you say to the, the large mass of, of women especially, but and men who are coming into the retail industry what, what advice would you give them um, as they kind of embark on their careers and, and really uh, aspire to be in a role like yours? Yeah, so a couple of things. I think from a business side of it, um, the industry will be ever-changing, and that's not, that's not going to change. <laughs> so stay curious. Make sure that you are broadening your network, that you are reading deeply, that you are listening to others that have different points of view or that are that have domain expertise outside of what you're an expert at. Take the jobs that really are going to put you outside your comfort zone. And um, if you feel like you're not qualified for them, that's probably the best job to take <laughs> because you're going to get those qualifications. Lean, in. Lean into yeah. it. I have found personally that's where my best growth came from and where I made meaningful um, improvements in just myself as a leader. Um, on the personal side of it, I would start with know your values. What is it that you want out of a career? How does that career fit in with all of your other goals and aspirations? And if you find your career is no longer serving those values or, or, or you know, um, aligned with those values, 
then rethink what you're doing. And that's hard to do, but it's, it's necessary. Secondly, I would say ensure that you've got a good network both at home or with families, friends, whatever network means to you, have a network um, both outside of work and at work and leverage that network. Do not be afraid to ask for help. Um, for me, I had great sponsors um, and those sponsors made all the difference in my career. And, and part of that, that with those sponsors is they were advocates for me when I was not in the room, but they gave me tough love. They gave me tough feedback. They gave me good feedback and, and they were they were positive and supported me when I needed that. But when I needed to hear something that was tough to, to hear, they did not shy away from it. And you have to be open to hearing the message right. and reflecting on what you're going to do with it. So I, I would say, be curious and get excited about the tough problems because all the easy problems have been <laughs> solved. Have a network at home and at work and know your value system and do work that aligns that you find joy from and are passionate about that aligns with your value system. That's incredible advice. Um, how do you stay curious? What do you like to do to keep your mind sparked? Or is there somebody you like to read or podcasts you like to listen to? Yeah, I'm an avid reader, so okay. I think it's just, and I, I, I will, I will dedicate time. There's the reading at bad, you know, that I do, and and sometimes that's business, and sometimes that just needs to be for fun to unwind <laughs> yes. and just Done. clear the mind. Yes. But I will set aside time that is just reading time, and I will start with an article, and I find that one article leads yes. to another, and before you know it, you're just in a black hole that is exciting or interesting or. I, I I come up with new things I hadn't thought about. The other one, and I I, I figured this out um, in a in a more profound way. I would say in my last job, and that is when I was leading hard lines at Target. They were all categories that I had never had any experience with as yeah. a buyer, merchant, operations, none of that. And it was mobile, it was electronics, it was entertainment, toys, all of those businesses and industries on their own were going through massive disruption. And, and there was the disruption that had already happened, but the disruption that was going to keep coming as you thought about um, 5G and AR and virtual reality and where where's video games going. Right. And so that for me, um, I knew I needed to get serious about it. So I went on what I called learning journeys where I would just take two of my most um, probably biggest thinkers out of my network that worked outside of the companies that I worked with. And I sat down and, and would just talk to them. Here's all the problems. Here's what's keeping me up at night. Yeah. And together they would fill out the list. You should talk to this person. This person's got the same th theory as you do on 5G. Let's go talk to them. And they would make connections for me. And we would go on what I would call a learning journey. <laughs> and it was just meeting with people that were outside my network but had some expertise or some thoughts on the future of X, whatever X is. And they were just great thought partners to me and, and helped me think about what's the right playbook now? What's the right strategy for the business I'm in, for the consumer that I have yeah. and the, the constraints I'm dealing with? Right. What are you most proud of? after as you reflect on, on what we've talked about today and in your career so far, what are you most proud of? Yeah. Um, I think it's this, it is when you're young in your career, you are heavily focused on 
you're, you're focused on team and creating a team environment, but you're most proud about the business results and what wouldn't have happened if you weren't there. And, and, and I, and I appreciate that too. In my last couple of roles, having had broader scope, the impact that you can have on culture, that is what I am most proud about is coming in and taking a culture that maybe wasn't the best culture, that um, wasn't conducive to authenticity, wasn't conducive to all people being successful um, with good ideas, taking those types of cultures and elevating them. Because I believe strongly that if you create the right culture and if you are a servant leader and are removing barriers and creating those those um, innovative creative, diverse, inclusive cultures, the business results will come. And seeing that in action is what I'm most proud of and what gives me, I guess, the most joy at this point in my career. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'm going to close it out with one question that I have. And um, I have some ideas just based on what you've said of how you might answer this question. But if you were to go back and surprise somebody in your career with a thank you note, for an impact they had on your career at some point in time. It could be anyone. It could be somebody next to you at the McDonald's fryer or, um, you know, one of the people on your team now at Shipped. Who would you write that note to? And what would you say? Gosh, it is hard to boil down to one thank you note <laughs> on is. a career, on 25 plus year career that I feel so um, blessed by. And, and I know that I had so many people that helped me, but I'm going to, so I'm going to go with, with this. Um, and I'm not going to name names, but early in my career in the mid nineties, I worked for a specialty retailer who was just up and coming. And I worked there when they celebrated a hundred stores and it was the cool teenage brand. And, at that job, in that position, I learned so much about brand building, about um, having a consumer and just doing everything for that. But I also learned um, what a toxic environment looks like when mm-hmm. one that is um, shameful and that is not diverse and not inclusive, when when the head of the company <laughs> said I had the merchandising skills of, of Helen Keller and I would never make it in retail. And I oh knew because I had the audacity to pair a plaid shirt with a striped tee for a merchandising idea. Which is on every mannequin. <laughs> yes, yes. I knew in the, that moment, that was a moment for me that I made the decision. I can't, no matter how up and coming and cool and awesome my job is, I can't, I simply can't work for a leader. Mm-hmm who creates that type of culture and environment. And they, they went on to be wildly successful until they weren't for those same reasons of their toxic culture. But I knew in my heart that was not what I was going to be about. And it forced me to not just find another company, but to move states. And I went wow. from there to Target. And so I would say thank you to that CEO because had wow. I not had that moment, I would not miss at a moment a lot of other decisions that ended up working well for me. That's fantastic. Kelly, thank you so much. Kelly Caruso, CEO of Shipped. Thank you so much for being with us today, Kelly. Thank you for having me and great conversation. If you were going to throw your own concert and you could choose three bands, 
dead or alive, who would you choose? Wow. That is a great question. Three. I would do, who would I do? How do I get down to three? Um, I would do The Cure, The Pixies, Ooh. and you 2 Ooh. I like The Pixies. <laughs> That's a big favorite band. Would you 2 be the headliner, you think? Um, they'd have to, to generate ticket sales and... <laughs> You know, if it was in today's context, they're the most viable to actually do a performance that felt like you were back in the 80s, yeah. but yeah. That's awesome. Where would you do it? Do you have a favorite venue? You know, you got, I would have to go to First Ave. Oh, like okay. why not go old school oh, on this? Amazing. You two at First Avenue. It's like they're only doing stadium shows, so that would be really cool. Yeah. Oh, I love it.